0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of The Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up?
2: Well, uh new week, no Thunder games over the weekend, so a little bit of rest, and I watch other teams, which is something that's always helpful in order to yeah. see what is going on.
1: Yeah, I watched Denver, Utah, yesterday afternoon, and
2: the yeah, Nuggets I got were just on fire game.
1: all afternoon. It was really fun to watch. Jokic was unbelievable yesterday, yeah. even against Gobert. You just did whatever you wanted. It didn't matter. Uh, that was fun.
2: Yeah, yeah. They they had an incredible shooting night. Yeah. And I kept telling myself, well, this is really a two, three-point game if you account for the um, awesome percentage they shot with. But in the end, they kept shooting, like, awesome. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it was never closer than, I think... Well, it, it got closer, but not was never manageable for utah 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 played well the point is that denver really hit everything and when a team hit everything well it's not your night and that's it
1: nothing you could do kind of like the unstoppable force of russell westbrook last night against the (laughs) brooklyn nets and kevin durant Kyrie irving nets
2: (laughs) yeah my My morning started with um, a text from Taylor in the chat that was all capital letters, what is happening or whatever. And so (laughs) I had to catch the the end of the game, and it was insane. It was just insane. Um, It was crazy.
1: It was absolutely crazy. They were, with 12.3 seconds left, they were down five. Yeah. Five points. Then Beal makes a three. Westbrook makes a three. Uh, and then Bill gets two free throws, and it's over. I mean, it was yeah. just crazy—the bad pass from Joe Harris, and then I mean, everything had to go wrong for the Nets. Well, TLC was it Garrison missed a layup. Matthews
2: that, hmm? that stole the ball? Was Garrison Matthews that stole the ball? I believe the, that's right.
1: Um, yeah. that's Fred's guy really? too. That's Fred Katz's guy, Garrison yeah. Matthews.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, and I also loved uh, that. I mean. I didn't catch the entire game, so but but I, I I had the the feeling that Russ was having a good night uh, in terms yeah. of percentage shooting wise, and he still was able to find Rui Chimura, who yep. at that moment was shooting one out of eight from the field, <laughs> for a wide open tree, perfect pass. It was mm-hmm. a bullet pass, very very uh, good. That. Basically, hit Achimura in the shooting pocket, and he yep. was able to to hit a very important tree. I mean, at that oh. moment, it was like, yeah. I mean, shoot it. We we already lost the game, um, but no, it was a it was kind of an important moment, and I'm I'm glad that Russ is still able to to do this stuff. Uh, I mean, I really hope he 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 like get it together somehow. Yes, please, <laughs> because
1: cause it was getting so depressing. I produce yeah. Fred's podcast. <laughs> It was becoming the saddest NBA show on our network easily, just because it just felt so hopeless. You know, it's, yeah. it was turning into like the Beale trade pod, but, which is a really good show, by the way, he, Fred recorded with Matt Moore over the weekend and it was really good worth, worth your time. But it's good to see them win because this is what they're, were, they're were supposed to be a good fun team. And so hopefully they can actually become that.
2: Well, if Russ becomes, I don't know. Um, well, shall we use a round number like eighty percent of what he was last season? <laughs> shall we use those numbers? Yeah, uh sure. Then, then, then it's then it's a completely different team, and mm-hmm. because like when Russ has the offense going, then you need to account for him, for Beal, for Batons, for like whatever and so whoever, and so it's um it becomes a completely different team, and and. And again, even for um, the Thunder um, pick, having Washington ahead of them would be extremely important. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. Let's go over to the chat and see who's joined us this morning or afternoon or wherever you are. We've got Jay from Singapore. We've got uh, David Littekoff in here. We've got Christos from Greece, as always. Uh, David is from Melbourne, Australia. He said it is 11.20 p.m. Staying up late, David. Uh, really appreciate you guys joining in on the stream. We have Ollie from Perth. Lots of awesome people from Australia. We have Zachary from Croatia. Mr. Steez caught wow. us live. Uh, thanks so much for joining, guys. Miroslav from Germany. Felipe from Brazil. Thanks so much for joining Miguel De Vela from the Philippines, as always. We really appreciate all you guys listening and joining in on the chat. Feel free to throw questions in there as we go here. We're just going to go over Thunder stats because we always say we have to wait about 20 games in, right, in order to, for these games to count with regards to statistics. Seth from Alabama, thanks for joining. Um, and it's almost been 20 games. Yep. After when we talk next week it'll be over 20 games. And so I feel like it's it's time to start considering that these stats mean something mm-hmm. uh, and that it's not just a small sample size anymore. So big overarching stats that you can take a look at is the Thunder are 29th in net rating, -7.1. A defensive rating of 112.3, which is 23rd in the league, and then an offensive rating of tw- their 27th in offensive rating at a 105.2. Yeah. So this is not good, <laughs> Michele. This is not <laughs> this is not the profile of a good team, and currently with their record of 8 and 10, they have the profile of an overachieving team.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and there is uh, a pretty good explanation for that. Um, OKC had nine games that were decided by uh, a very slim margin uh, Mm -hmm. and that you can qualify as clutch games. And similarly to what they had last season, if Mm -hmm. Even if they let go Chris Paul and and Danny Schroeder, which were amazing players in the the clutch, they kept one of the players that was very good in the clutch last season, which is Shea Gilgis-Alexander, that is Mm -hmm. currently using almost 50% of the possessions in clutch time. He has a 50% usage almost in clutch time situation. And still, OKC is good. They won six out of nine uh, clutch games, which is something that every um statistical mind like you can you can hear Seth set partner talk you can hear and like the the guy you want i mean everyone will say the, th- the same thing they should revert back to a certain mean but we had many seasons where teams just were good in the clutch in the clutch and you don't know why and you cannot use it to project how it will go in the future so About the clutch stats, I have here a file where I basically took some notes, and Dort, Shea, Hill, and Horford are plus 19 in net rating in clutch time situation, which is very good. Shea does not have very good shooting percentage in the clutch, is like below 40% but still 54% through shooting, which is something that basically uh, puts the free throws into the mix. And so yeah. you have almost uh, 1, 1.02 points per possession, something like that, um, where you're basically efficient enough. Uh, and, and Dort, Dort is shooting 50% from three in clutch situations. And so this is a team that with the good players, Uh, is good in the clutch and Mm -hmm. as long as you have those players to play those minutes they will probably win many games many clutch games because I mean you have two good veterans a good player uh, that manufacture offense for everyone in Shea and good defenders and shooters I mean Bazley is probably the worst in the clutch Uh, he's not having a good season overall in terms of shooting but this team is just a team that plays the right way. Uh, just look at the shot chart from NBA.com. You will see very, very good shot distribution. And mm-hmm. those things clearly matter. Uh, we said it last, last year a lot of times. OKC ha- had a tendency to, to get a certain, certain shots for the entire game, which were shots with low variance for them and good shots uh, in general, like... For Chris Paul, a mid-range shot is a very good shot. For Danny it's it was a very good shot last season. And so if you have those, then you have something to get to in clutch time. This team is not a mid-range team. They don't want to use mid-range. But they still have Shea that can get to the basket whenever he wants. And they have two very good veterans plus Dort. And mm-hmm. if you give them a three, then you have a very good shot. And they, they basically generate those shots for the entire game. So for them clutch time is just go over there uh to the shots that you like to the player that you know that will probably have the best chances to to hit those shots and so yeah this is my read on the current record a little bit long sorry
1: no no i mean i think it makes a lot of sense if you just go through these outcomes i mean they've won they beat brooklyn handily earlier in the season Mm -hmm. yeah they beat new york i mean they Destroyed New York, um, the Knicks, which seems a little strange. After I've watched them several times, and it's like that. Uh, the Thunder didn't. The Thunder got the version of the Knicks everybody thought they were going to be kind of thing, and didn't mm-hmm. get any. Didn't get anything else, uh, and then they beat Orlando, um, handily in Orlando. Yeah, Or er, yeah. yeah, in Orlando,
2: which. Uh, those were games, sorry for interrupting yeah, you, where OKC basically had very good, for maybe not the Knicks, where we had the Diallo moment, mm-hmm. but for the other games, mm-hmm. we had shooting nights uh, above 40% from three, yeah. which is something that variants will allow you to have. You'll have shooting nights, horrible shooting nights, and very good ones. And if you have a very good shooting night, you can beat basically anyone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only close game that they lost was to Utah. They lost by one to Utah. Mm-hmm. That was it. And then you go through the close other close games. I mean, Shea hits the shot in the first game of the season against Charlotte to win the game. I mean, that was yep. a big-time moment uh, in the clutch. Uh, they beat the Pelicans by one point in New Orleans. Yeah, uh, That was a crazy moment. They came back to beat Chicago. I mean, that game at home was nuts. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing about them at home is that they stink at home. You do not play well. Yeah, which is weird. It is very weird. Um, I don't know if it's because the Thunder pump in so much crowd noise. It's <laughs> quite annoying. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Are that. Are they
2: Im- doing it on purpose? <laughs> Are they doing it on purpose? Maybe.
1: It's like Sam's like, hey, crank it up. And they're like, Sam, it's hurting my ears louder. <laughs> louder. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, and then they beat Portland in a in a very close game
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and then they beat and they beat Phoenix like that wasn't all that close but still like clutch time type yeah. of situation where they yeah. ended up coming up with it and i mean that's there's a lot of luck on their side and then you go through the losses and they're big they're big time they got crushed by Orlando, crushed by the pelicans. I mean, they lost one thirteen to eighty to the Pelicans, which almost seems like an impossible task. Um, they got killed yeah. by Miami in Miami. San Antonio crushed them. The Lakers absolutely crushed them. Denver crushed them. Uh, the Clippers killed them. Uh, the Clippers. The second game of the Clippers was they had a chance. The Thunder had a chance in that yeah, one. Yeah, so I I'll think it both. One them.
2: That one and the one against the Spurs were. Considered to have moments where they were close, five minutes uh, sure. with five minutes to go. Because I think that the Spurs got a little bit close and then it was basically, again, um, a pretty su- substantial margin. But it, there was a moment in, uh, late in the game where they were still close enough uh, where mm-hmm. the NBA uh, statistics probably consider that as a clutch game.
1: Yeah. And then they lose by. A billion to Brooklyn when the Nets score 147 in regulation the other night. So again, I think this is just we've we've got as far as like record goes. As far as like where they're going to be in this tanking situation, I still think that we have some time because I mean these games. If just half of those games go the way that stats probably say they should go, mm-hmm. right? Then mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we're not worried about the Thunder's record With regards to getting a top pick There's just like no reason to stress about that And because they have gotten lucky And they have made some shots And they have executed well uh, It's, you know It's a little dicey Which for some people is great And for people that want long, long, long-term sustained success for this team It's kind of like, oh boy Can you guys Can we just take a few points Shave a few points off the board here, guys uh
2: yeah yeah to me the two bad wins that there's no su- there's no such thing as a bad win so uh, like I'm, right. I'm just right I'm just, they,
1: they've been in, here's the thing about them is that they've been enjoyable to watch yeah uh in most games when they lose yeah. big it's you, you, like maladon was really fun the other night against brooklyn um, even though they're getting killed there's just there's fun spots always with this team when you're watching. Like Pokashevsky can have some moments and Maladon's fun and shea has been incredible and Dort's been great. I mean, there's there's always these bright spots within here and they're fun to watch. And you know, when I'm watching the game in real time, there's part a pretty big part of me that wants them to win these games. And it's it's yeah. more fun to sit and root for them to win these games. But you have to know like you have to you have to see the big picture with this. Yes. Is because it is way more fun for me to, especially when they're when I'm sitting at home on the couch, it is way more fun for me to sit and root for them to win. Yeah, like that's like nobody wants to sit and root for your team to lose, like that is no. not that's not fun, like nobody wants to do that, but you have to know that if you truly want long-term, big-time success, like that's what the Thunder are aiming for, then they have they have to lose, and they have to lose a lot of games. And it's just it's just the way that it is. It's the NBA that set this up. If you want to be mad at anybody, you can be mad at the NBA for the way that they've set this up.
2: Yeah, and um, I think that if you... Again, it's not routine for, for a team to lose, but the, the win against... Uh, Portland and Phoenix are kind of those wins that you you want a competitive game, but you need to lose against those teams if you want to have a bottom five, bottom ten record. Mm-hmm. I think that this is what you what you need to have um, mm-hmm. in the end. Um, again, you can you cannot ask Shea to be bad in clash moments. You need him to be great in clash yeah. moments. You, you, you need him right. to go out and say, "Well, win this game for us," which is yeah. something that. Oh. He, yeah, yeah. This is what you should do. It's great experience uh, I,
3: I,
1: for him. Like these are these are great experiences for him and for Lou. Yeah. Uh, this, it's great. It's really good. Like this, they've had some really great situations so far for development, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that the Thunder do so so well is development. Um, I think they've helped develop Shay. I think that Chris Paul was a big part of that, and I think the organization also empowering him. Uh, yeah. is a huge part of his development, and. Wednesday, our topic with Alex will be All-Star candidacy. Like, does he have a legit chance to be an All-Star? And, like, take a look at all the players in the West and, you know, all that. So we'll be talking about that uh, Wednesday. Um, yeah. But Lou Dort has been a crazy story with regards to development and what he's been able to do. is the same. I think you can kind of see it with Teo. Um, even Isaiah Roby... Um, who has played a lot for this team so far and helped and been in situations where he's been able to, you know, have an opportunity to help them win? I mean, mm-hmm. that's a guy that was just, he didn't play at all last year's rookie season. Yeah. Some of that was injury related. Uh, but the Thunder kind of identified who he is and what he can do. And that's, you're a center. And I kind of thought when he came into the league and even whenever he's traded to the Thunder, I thought the idea was that he was a wing yeah um but i think the thunder like figured out pretty quick. Like, oh you are you're a center that's what you are <laughs> that's what you're gonna be Or gonna at be least in the nba he- that's how you're gonna function
2: yeah or at least this is the place that he can play minutes uh in and 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 it's fine um mm-hmm. I was reading the chat and Mr. Stee T says, yeah, you guys look confused. Well, we are, we are not confused. Uh, or at least I'm not confused about what mm-hmm. I want from this team. The point is, um, this team is kind of playing a com- like a confusing season because they are playing very good basketball. Uh, mm-hmm. Very, very good basketball. It's not common for a team that is assembled to lose games, which is what this team is, uh, to play such a well-organized basketball. Um, I was mentioning before, the shot chart is perfect. The way in which they play is perfect for a team to win. They are maximizing their chances to win, uh, which is, again, you cannot ask them not to, but we are also Mm. trying to look three months from now where they may have, six teams that are worse than them uh, because they they are in worse situations. Like, the Timberwolves. You don't want to be the Timberwolves, but the Timberwolves will have a better chance at Kate Cunningham, probably, if they can yeah. stick with the top three pick uh, that they owe to, to Golden State. So, it's... Um, it's yeah, it's... Uh, it's a sit- it's a difficult situation and um and maybe it take care of itself when when and if they they trade George Hill and uh, Ofor. But anyway, uh, enough with the confusing <laughs> thought, thoughts about this season. Um I think that there is a category that we should discuss because it's very interesting and it's rebounding. Mm-hmm. Um, the team is bad at rebounding the basketball in general, especially the offensively. Yeah. Uh it's it's but like the, don't it's they not have the
1: worst Rebound percentage in the league, uh,
2: yeah, and the second to last in offensive rebound per game. So they, they yeah. uh, and the first rebounder that you uh, that you have for OKC is Al Horford, that is basically not in the top thirty of rebounders. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you you look at the transition stats, and I remember us discussing for the past three season, three seasons that Billy Donovan's idea was that. You can be aggressive in, an, in in offensive rebounds and keep a very good transition defense. And there are other teams that basically uh, decided not to go for offensive rebounds and have mm-hmm. a very good transition defense. Well, Degnold seems to be of the second crop. He's not get he's not going to get uh, offensive rebounds because A doesn't have a premier offensive rebounder, yeah, and B, money. yeah. yeah and B, he really cares about transition defense. And this is actually happening. Like, OKC is 23rd uh, in the league in transition opportunities uh, allowed, which is mm-hmm. very good. You, you need to see at the opposite level, of course. The, the first team is the one that allows the most transition opportunities. Uh, and they are also uh, bottom three, or like top three, if you want to look at it in a positive way, in uh, points allowed per transition opportunity, which is yeah. very, very interesting. So, yeah. This is one of the keys at why they are not awful. Uh, they could be uh, bottom ten, bottom five defensive team, even bottom three defensive team if what if it was not for the this transition efficiency, because yeah. they are bad in in post ups. They are okay in in other stuff, but they are very good in transition. So yeah, this is something that is a clear um, clear coaching staff decision, and it's working.
0: Yeah.
1: Ninth in pace, eighth in turnover percentage, and they take just a crap ton of threes. Yeah. Almost 45% of their shots are threes. Yeah. And so that leads to just, as we've seen, a high variance. You know, if you're Mm -hmm. not turning the ball over, if you're playing playing really fast means getting extra possessions, you're just giving yourself a chance is what you're doing every single night when you're doing that. Sometimes it's going to go very poorly. We've seen that and then sometimes you're going to really give yourself a chance to stay in games that maybe you shouldn't be in. And I think that's what the Thunder have done so far. Uh, Seth Justice asks, if we cannot tank with this team a bottom three record, I would argue that you to call it a year of a tanking season it doesn't mean that you have to have a bottom three record. Um, yeah. You don't have to be a complete embarrassment. If they're in the bottom five or bottom six, you still give yourself a shot. To get up there. Really, they were looking for a top five pick. Yes, you'd like to have a top three pick. Absolutely. You'd like to have the number one pick if you can, but really when you're talking historically about where the sweet spot is in the draft, it really goes, extends out to the top five. Mm -hmm. And so I think the Thunder would like to have a top five um, pick, certainly. So top three is ideal. Uh, Top five, still okay. Still considered probably tanking season. And I think they can still get there. And then he says, what does Sam do? Do we change our perspective? Um, Shay and Lou will only get better. Uh, they they do not, I don't think that there's a whole lot that this team could do to change their perspective. Because the goal is to win an NBA championship.
2: Mm-hmm. And if
1: you want to win an NBA championship, uh, this is not the team that you build around. This is not the team that you try to do something with like this isn't this isn't it uh so you still try to get a top five pick and then maybe you're able to get rid of horford and hill and then you don't you know you don't resign muscala and you you know there's lots of things that you could do um to get there there next year and not be as good
2: yeah and there are also other things that you can do um to get there I know that it sounds stupid, and I advocate for, that, for this not to happen, the things that I'm going to say, but uh-huh. suppose that the Timberwolves are the team with the number one pick, and we all know yeah. about Cade, we all know about everything, but maybe it's not mm-hmm. number one, it's number two. So Kate mm-hmm. is uh, out of the picture, but you have Steely yeah. Mobley, you have uh, Kaminga, you have Jalen Suggs, you have uh, Green, you have like all the others.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What about Shea? What do you do with Shea? Do you keep him, or you move him for the number two, for the number one pick or number two pick? He could have like an all star type of year, uh, even without being an all star. And the T Wolves want to win; they really want to win. Um, I think that everything is on the table. Uh, if and if you trade Shea. They will have the the top three pick uh in 2022 that is that is a, a certainty and mm-hmm. then you have a different core um does that like it this is an option an option that was in place this season I think they could have uh lamella ball if they mm-hmm. wanted to I think yeah. that trading Shea was an option um yeah maybe sure. not something that they put on the table but i I'm sure in their war room or uh, whatever draft room. Mm-hmm. They had this conversation and they said, Well no, for La Ball, we don't do it. But who knows yeah. what happens. Uh so it's not that if if Lou Dort and Shea are that good, then and, and you you think that drafting the number eighth guy in this draft will always put you away from your goal, which is drafting mm-hmm. a blue chip prospect, then you do stuff to get a blue chip prospect. Yeah. You do it.
1: <laughs> I, w- I would not put it above the man- management to do something like that. Uh, yeah.
2: And 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 also, if you see that Shay is enough for you to like if you see James Harden Shay, then maybe maybe you call the T-Wolves and say, "Well, what if I give you four picks for Car- Carl Towns because I want that 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 guy with Shay because he will be a- like Shay can give 10 trees to to Cat. Like, mm-hmm. they can go in that direction. Cat is not probably a number one guy.
1: Uh, I think clearly not. I also don't, I don't know.
2: I'm just, I'm just making like an example. Uh, yeah. it, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's not Cat necessarily.
1: but I would think that they would rather say, call them and say, hey, we'll give you four picks. We'll give you our seventh pick and four future first round picks for number two.
2: Yeah, and, and maybe maybe they want Lou Dort because they want to fix their defense. I don't know. You can yeah, you can play. or yeah. You,
1: you I, have I think options. That that's more likely than the, uh, there's a, there's just a lot of chatter about Anthony Towns amongst Thunder fans, and I just I would just hit the brakes pretty hard on that one. That's all. I'm yeah, saying.
2: I mean, it's uh, it's uh, my point was they have options to do whatever they want. They yeah. don't need to be. Um uh, there's not one single path. They have mm-hmm. multiple paths and, and and they they can do basically whatever they want. Um, yeah. back on the stat train, um if I may, uh I want to give uh, like a few stats on the play types. You can go and and watch uh and and and, and read the stats on nba.com or wh- wherever. Um mm-hmm. I think that something that that surprised me a little bit. Is well, let's let's put it this as a question: Where mm-hmm. do you think OKC ranks in ISO per game, in both in terms of volume and efficiency? Don't give me a number; just give me top whatever and top whatever.
1: You got to be bottom five in ISOs in the
2: league, right? Attempts. Yeah. In efficiency. Uh,
1: middle of the pack. I don't know.
2: They are middle of the pack in efficiency, but they are top ten in attempts. Per NBA.com. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, either I got that wrong, and I will check while we mm-hmm. uh, while we talk, because I, I was very, very, very surprised by that number. And yeah. But then I thought that over the past ten games, Shea really put like a lot on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder if that is something. That really changed uh, from the beginning. maybe they they mixed up pick and roll and and stuff like that. it it, it, it was had I mean they
1: had to have taken a ton because the first that's what I was thinking, like the probably the first five to ten games they didn't have hardly any, yeah,
2: you know. exactly. Um, well, let me see play types, isolations, possession, spare game. no, I got it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you go, mm-hmm. Uh, it's one. It's Houston f- first, Portland, Brooklyn top three, Los Angeles four, Clippers fifth, Bucks, Boston's, and then Oklahoma City at 8.3 per yeah. game, which is mm-hmm. not not a lot, but still, I was kind of surprised. Maybe they updated the stats from this morning, but it's still mm-hmm. kind of interesting to me that Shea, in particular, is trying to to do a little bit more in ISO. Than, yeah. And also, guys like Lou Dort. Dort is taking a little bit more of an offensive role and he creates his own shots sometimes. And maybe yeah. those are not ISO every time. Maybe it's a closeout that, that goes into an ISO because of the way in which they track statistics. But still, um, the second stats that I want to, that is basically similar, it's OKC is 10th in pick and roll ball handler uh, opportunities, but it's oh, yeah. 23rd inefficiency
3: Hmm.
2: and and the the first the first thing that you can say is well shay has to do a better job no this is not it's not the case right it's not the case it's not shay and i filtered that and basically uh shay is at 1.04 points per possession in pick and roll which is very, very good. It's 80th yeah. percentile in the league. And basically, is even better with a very uh, low number of opportunities. But mm-hmm. then, every other guy is awful at that. Hamidou Diallo, 2.1 possessions, 0.78. Pokushevsky, 1.5, 0.21. Teo Maledon, 2.5 possession, 0.67. Lou Dort, 0.8. George Ill, 0.8. Justin Jackson, point 0.8. So besides Shea and Baisley, no one is efficient in, in creating from, in pick and roll situations. And, hmm. and basically my, my read on that is if you give Shea better teammates, he will be a pick and roll master. Just giving like other players to, that are a little bit better than what they have right now. And Shea can mold himself into a pick and roll monster.
1: Yeah, just for perspective on the pick and roll. So, I filtered this to be minimum 150 possessions. So, these are guys that are using a ton of pick and roll possessions in the mm-hmm. league. There's not that many of them um, that are doing this. Uh, he ranks fourth among like high-usage pick and roll ball handlers at 1.04, like you mentioned. The only players that are ahead of him, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, and Bradley Beal. That's it. That is
2: insane. That is Completely insane. The and players Jay? that are
1: below yeah. him that are high usage. That Luca some of these guys are well below. Zach Levine, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Malcolm Brogdon, D'Angelo Russell, De'Aaron Fox, and Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell has used a lot of pick and roll possessions, point eight zero yeah. points per possession. De'Aaron Fox 0.85. Um, yeah. and then like Trey Young's like a Trey Young and Luca are both one point oh one. Uh, yeah, which is Shea's which is awesome. 0.04. Yeah, yeah, which
2: I, I wouldn't say b- below. Even it's it's so close that you you really you can say it's in the same ballpark. Yeah, um, they're in the
1: same. Yeah, they they have been in the same category of second exactly. roll ball handlers this season. Shea's been slightly better than Trey Young and Luka Doncic. I think that that's a that's a crazy stat for Shea.
2: Yeah, and, and this is why sometimes I think, well. Are we really, really sure that he is not in the same category as those players? I know that the answer yeah. is yes, uh, because Trey Young is is one man show in Atlanta, and and there are moments where Shea is not there yet. But boy oh boy, this guy is efficient. <laughs> he knows what to do, and and pick and roll is the offense in modern NBA, and he's not getting enough from a, a, like a, a weapon that I I'm, I'm sure it will develop which is the three pointer. Yeah. I, I I'll really say this
1: I'm not I'm not 100% excuse me, 100% sure that he and Trey are not in the same conversation if not Shea being better. <laughs> I'm not I'm not convinced. Luca, we've seen enough from Luka Doncic yeah. in his entire professional career to say okay, yeah, like <laughs> He's the guy. We don't need to have yeah. that conversation. But with regards to Trey Young and everybody else on this list, I I would say that I don't know that Shea isn't one of the best or the best of all of those guys, uh, which says something. And it's I mean the Hawks started out really hot and then they've cooled off and they're just kind of an okay team. And I I don't know, man. If if you if you just switch Shea. And Trey Young are the Hawks better, worse? Like, where, what would you think about that situation for him?
2: I don't know. Uh, Tons of shooting,
1: a really nice pick and roll partner,
2: in Capella. Oh, and I thought you were mentioning Collins. Uh, I'm not a fan, as you know.
1: Oh yeah, we don't have to talk about. about <laughs> we don't have to talk about John Collins, but I. For um, some
2: reason, he's not my my cup of coffee. He's just not. And
1: I would, yeah, I would say that he's not a lot of people's cup of coffee because I think he would have been traded by now if he was, or yeah. he would have been extended, yeah, by yeah. by them. Had that been the case,
2: yeah. Uh, but but these stat really, it's it's not that blew my mind, but because I I kind of knew that that Shea was um was a very very good player, um. And, and the, th- the thing that I mentioned before about Cat, I know that you don't like the idea, but imagine give Shay a pick-and-roll partner that can do everything, that can be as efficient as Isaiah Roby, who is very efficient <laughs> in pick-and-roll situation, uh, when he rolls, and as efficient or more efficient than Al Alford when he pops. It's just a nightmare. It would be a nightmare yeah. for defenses to have such a pairing, and, m- and maybe that guy is even Mobley. I don't know. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying that it should be Cat, but imagine give Shea such a weapon that because with Horford you know that it's a pop or a pop and or a pop um, with 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 Cat or guys like that, Anthony Davis. Uh, you don't know he can do everything he can he can catch lobs he can create his own from the um, from the elbow he can space uh, up to the 3.9 from three it's you, if you give Shay this kind of pick and roll partner and, and and i know that we already described that and discussed that every you know, like a lot of times those numbers will go up and if they if he's a top five pick and roll player in the league he's a star period mm-hmm
1: yeah. I, I think he needs to get his free throw rate up. He just needs to get to the line more. Yeah. Um yeah. If if he can do that, because that's one of the big differences between he and Trey. Like Trey shoots ten free throws a game. Yeah. And yeah. at a a higher percentage than Shea shoots. I mean he's eighty eight percent from the line. Like that's it. Like that's <laughs> that's stardom. Like that's how you get there. Uh, like Trey's stats this year: twenty-seven points per game, eight assists, uh, four boards a game, and then Shea is twenty-one point nine points per game, six point four assists, five point four boards. Uh, Shea is better efficiency overall. He's fifty-one mm-hmm. percent from the field to the forty-two percent from Trey. Yeah, uh, he just and he just takes better shots. You know, yeah, Trey Young is one of those like bad shot makers in the league uh, he's yeah. gonna take a lot he's gonna take a lot of shots too i mean he takes 18 shots per game she by the way
2: 14.9 since mm-hmm. we are a pod on the athletic please all of you as soon as this ends go and read set part now uh, first article on shot quality and and stuff like that yeah. because it's it's, yeah. it's 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 something that everyone should read uh if you want to know about basketball that that is a it's, it will be a series. So the first article just put the basis. Um, and, and when I read that, I said, wow, this is what I should have done with CharSide, uh, my former project, uh, like assessing shot quality. Uh, we kind of did it with passing, but with shot quality, it's something that you can really um, understand. And and I think that that article was, was really good. Um, I have a game for you. Are you ready? Ooh, always ready. Uh, Please tell me, uh, in order, the best three-point shooters over the past five games for OKC. Over the past five games. Yeah. Oh boy.
1: Um,
2: Tail Maladon. He is number third, number three in the league, is third. Um, so yeah, he counts. He's not the best though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Mike Mescala? Uh he's fifth. There are seventh oh. by, 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 by seven player by the way uh, in this list.
1: Okay. Um
2: Lou? Lou is last. Okay. Can you guess the percentage? Thirty percent. Twenty six point five on hey, six point eight attempts. Yep. Do you want to sell your pet? Or not?
1: No no no. I this is this was coming. He wasn't gonna shoot forty percent from three all year. Like mm-hmm. this is that was just not going to happen.
2: hmm Okay, go ahead. Who's number one? Shay? Nope. Shea is number four at the very good forty percent forty percent with four uh three point per game attempts. Hami is not on the list. Come on. Very okay, good baby powers oh gosh al so we're 81.8 percent dude he's
1: hitting everything he yeah. looks so good at the beginning of that brooklyn game when they were yeah. and they were leaving him open yeah but he was hitting everything yeah he's up to 41 percent on the season
2: yeah great great this is straight value going up
1: <laughs> yeah, Number he's up he's up over twelve points per game. Yeah. Uh on the season, seven and a half boards, two and a half assists, forty one percent from three. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's looked pretty good.
2: L- let's put it this uh we we are both fathers and we really yeah. know that there's no such things as baby powers. But <laughs> there is because <laughs> well you are if, especially if you are close to your uh important other, then it's it's stressful, but but it's not as stressful as the month before when you don't know, and it can happen every single day, and your mind goes there and then there and then there. So mm-hmm. maybe this is why Horford was bad to start the season. Let's let's call it it's that way. By the way, George hey, Hill was number possible. two in the list. Yeah,
1: I mean that's it's part of that's part of the the, uh, the Thunder front office's problem, right? Is that they've got these vets that are playing well yeah that, that are helping the team and they play the right way i mean that's to me that's the biggest thing is that there's no selfish gunner on this team period i mean you could say Hami is but um yeah. you know, Hami doesn't use a crazy amount of possessions mm-hmm. so
2: <laughs> yeah i can tell by your face you might think that it's
1: crazy <laughs> well, no no he it's not
2: crazy but i i want him to pass i mean more. he's
1: Oh, he he won't. You just you can just look at his face when he's yeah. got the ball, yeah. and just know when he's gonna pass it. You can just literally just watch him tonight, everybody. I don't know if it if it feels the same on TV, but in person, you just get he just gets this tunnel vision, and it's a look on his
2: face. You can yeah, you see can it. tell that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You just know, oh, yeah, homie's not passing. There's no way homie's passing yeah. unless somebody just walls him. You know, in the mid-range, which they yeah. won't wall him in the mid-range. But if somebody no. does, then he'll pass. Uh, but they he's got to run
2: to They'll open their Yeah, they'll yes. say.
1: They'll back up. They'll James Go Harden ahead. turn around. Man, that James Harden possession on Hami, did you see it? He's in the corner. And he just, he was facing him when Hami received the pass. And James looked at him for one second and just immediately turned around to look at the rim and i'm really glad Hami made that uh but it was just pure disrespect to yeah. yeah 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 yeah
2: and again uh i mentioned it to john on thunder of the dark and we're saying well i know why he wants to get to that mid-range i know uh if he hits that to say 44 45 percent mark then he becomes a totally different player and I get that. He wants to be that player. He wants to open lines for himself because he knows how good he is at the basket. And he is. He's really, mm-hmm. He really is. But my point is, if you use that space to to survey the floor and find a good pass, it's as efficient as a mid-range shot. Maybe even more. If they know that he will look to the corners or, or to, the, to the guy who popped, then The defense will stretch anyway. And you will have just one man there that you can beat. It's not just the mid-range. You can do multiple stuff. Like, look at James Harden. He doesn't take mid-rangers at all. Mm -hmm. People know that that he can um, take that. But they are not guarding him anyway. Like, Mm -hmm. you have the same spacing that James Harden generates because you are so good at the basket. The defenses are... Basically sagging back, and the way in which you don't have an extra man is to see the corner. You can just yeah. focus on that single thing. Just look for the corners, and Even maybe just one corner. Yeah, and maybe look <laughs> to revert on the to floor. Yeah, yeah, maybe look to revert to revert the, the, the cor- like to 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 pass uh, on the weak side once mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. I don't know two three four five times. Yeah, just work on that pass, and it will open. Everything. Mm-hmm. Because it's like that. If the guy knows that he will look at the corner, then he will stay away from you and you have enough space to, to go at the basket.
1: Yeah. I mean, he is... Hami has developed and become a better player this mm-hmm. year. There's no doubt in my mind mm-hmm. that he has. He still just has these really big flaws that are keeping him from becoming like a nice rotation player for a team and the passing is one of them. Like he doesn't have to be a great shooter to be effective. He just doesn't, he's too athletic and he's actually got a decent enough handle for him to be effective. He just has to be able to pass and make the right decisions. And that can come in time still. I think that clearly it's not natural for him. Clearly Mm -hmm. that's not his inclination, but I do think it can be learned. Yeah. I do think that simple things like that can be learned. Um, and so it's something to watch for as the season goes along. Like, Hami, I think that they they put a lot into his development, and I think that they're hopeful that he can become more. And yeah. that's, I mean, de- development is really the reason that we're in this position at all. We're talking about this team winning too many games, is that this team is just really good at development.
2: That's yeah. just
1: the way that they are. Uh, okay, let's preview the week real quick, and then we can, uh, well, then we'll bounce. So the Thunder have... A strange week here in OKC. They have four games all in Oklahoma City, only versus two teams. They play Houston on Monday and Wednesday. The red-hot Houston Rockets, by the way, who have the best defense in the NBA since the James Harden trade, uh, that won five in a row, uh, coming to OKC tonight. Uh, Should be a very – I'm very intrigued by what they do and to watch them and to see – You know, Christian Wood in person for the first time. Just can't wait to see it. Uh, And then they get Minnesota on Friday and Saturday um, in a back-to-back. And Towns might be back because that would be three weeks. Friday is three weeks from the time that he was diagnosed with COVID. Yeah. Um, He was diagnosed on January 15th. So I would... I would honestly be a little bit surprised if he didn't play in both of those games, yeah, or at least in one of them. And maybe he doesn't have his, maybe he's, you know, not a hundred percent yet and can only play yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. Them. But uh, that changes the equation for Minnesota quite a bit. They've been super terrible yeah. without towns, um, which you should be super terrible without your best player. I think the Thunder would be super terrible
2: without Shea. Yeah. Um, out there so time to rest him by the way he's doing too much oh get no. some rest shay yeah at <laughs> least so, one game so against me just 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 rest him once no it's not going to happen no, um never do that my Probably. prediction is sadly two and two
1: yeah no i think so too i think that. i mean and we could even be looking at a three and one situation oh no i really no. believe that i i believe i I think Minnesota, especially if they don't have towns, yeah, could be a cupcake, man. I'm not I think that I think they split Houston and I think there's a good chance they get both these Minnesota games.
2: Yeah. Which <laughs> will get us to the record, I think. That's 500, but, right? Yeah, that is that is a 500 after I, I remember Us discussing when should we be worried? And I Mm -hmm. think I mentioned twelve and twelve. If they are twelve and they they could be. It are they nine and ten right now? Eight and ten. Eight and ten. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, so it's eleven and eleven. Okay. Yeah. Scary as well.
1: Also scary, but then it's Lakers, Lakers, Denver. (laughs) Milwaukee, Portland, Milwaukee. yeah. and then Cleveland, Miami, San Antonio, Atlanta, Denver to end the month, and they'll probably they'll get a win in there.
2: Yeah, one or two. Yeah, you, you say. I mean, yeah, you can you can be pre down, but anyway, um, I think the two and two is um, is actually especially because I think that they were they will rest someone, and if they don't have Horford against and Cat is there, I don't see. Yeah, Robbie. if
1: Cat's the, there and they don't have Horford, then the they. They will likely lose because they probably won't play Horford Saturday.
2: Yeah, maybe they will do the double rest on the se- on the second night and with Hill and yeah. the Horford.
1: Well, and George Hill's got the thumb injury. Who knows what his status is? But we haven't yeah. even talked about Teo and how he's played with the starters.
2: Oh, he's very good. Uh,
1: he's, he's been great. Yeah, he's been great. It's a it it's a situation that suits him at this point in his career very well because he's not. The primary ball handler yeah, um, in that situation. And he there's space for him to shoot. yeah. And he's another one that's benefiting from playing with Al Horford. I think Baisley has benefited greatly from playing with Al Horford. Yeah. Just because he's such a good passer. And he's a guy you can run the offense through. It gives you just multiple options yeah. in running the offense. And some of the sets that they run where Horford's got the ball... Really, it and Basil is one of the best cutters on that starting unit, mm-hmm. and so whenever he's cutting, Horford's gonna find him, and you saw yeah. that in the last game, yeah. yeah. So, I think that's and that's it to me. Horford is a huge part of Baisley like being on or off track, yeah. Um, I think he, he benefits greatly from playing with high IQ players,
2: yeah. And this is this ju- to me, this is just um, I know I again, I don't want to, to be too harsh on Roby, but. Starting Roby messes with Basley quite a lot because he doesn't it know does. where to be. And um, yeah. and he, he knows how to run a pick and roll, but sometimes he doesn't know when he sh- he's supposed to run a pick and roll. And any clunk basically the offense is clunky and it's much better when it's Muscala and and I know that you don't want to start Muscala because I mean you don't you just want to to have some sort of spacing for the yellow because that is also a problem if you have Diallo and Roby on the court, and so you try to, to give balance to those units because you, you kind of want to have Diallo with the ball, and, and even if you don't have Muscala there, it's just impossible for him. So I know there are issues, but um, with Orford, it's it's quite different, and and yeah, it's um uh, and again you need someone to guard Cat Cat. If Cat is like even able to shut trees, then if you don't have Orford, like it's, it's going to be a mess.
1: Yeah, yeah it will, be, <laughs> without a doubt, be a mess. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our show. You can follow McKelly on Twitter at Mike Hubera. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Go to TheAthletic.com slash DownToDunk to get The Athletic for three ninety nine a month. It's an outstanding deal. It's super cheap, and I don't think you'll get a better value on the Internet. So please go do that. I hope you guys have a great Monday, and we'll talk to you guys again
3: on Wednesday.